honesty hour, I did not know what I was doing in regards to launching this podcast. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without Anchor. Anchor makes starting a podcast super, super easy and allows you to not only use their platform to distribute the podcast, but you can even go on your phone or computer and record and edit the podcast right on their platform. Best of all, it's totally, totally free. So if you're interested in starting a podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hey guys, I'm Santia Deck, and I just recorded my episode of Women in Sneakers episode of the Strange on Purpose podcast. Y'all tune in. Cool, so I'm going to start off with a question. My question is uh, actually from... I am in sneaker school with the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I actually uh, threw it in the group that I was interviewing you today. I got a ton of questions, so there might be some (laughs) like crazy questions in there. But one one of them is, um, how did you come up with the design of your first sneaker? So, um, when when I guess when me and my designer were talking, um, because he actually worked for another brand, and um, he's found me on social media and different things like that. And we just picked it up, you know, we connected really well. And um, of course you saw my engagement and how well I was doing on social media. So he was like, you know, what if we created you like a signature line under this other brand? And I was like, okay, I mean, that's cool. And so like, he ended up, I told him exactly what I wanted. I knew that I liked kind of like the Balenciaga, the sock shoe style. I'm really into like the sock shoes. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and I said, but I also wanted it to represent me which is like very, like, I love like really like loud, bright colors and crazy designs and just uniqueness. That's just kind of been my thing forever. And so like, he literally took all that information. He did a mock-up and literally the first mock-up he did was like exactly what I wanted. So it was kind of crazy. Like I know most people would take like sometimes weeks or even months to get down like a really perfect design, but he's just really good. Um, And so he changed, of course, a few little things. um, But he just took what I said and he he mocked it up. And then from there, um, I posted it on my Instagram and it went like crazy. Like I did not expect it to go like that, you know, get that much attention, you know, that quickly. And it did. And that's when we decided to go into the next thing, which will be creating the actual company. out of Yeah. I know we said that we would uh, talk about you. But I, I want to, we will talk about you, I promise. Uh, but I want to dive into that. Was it mostly just like, yo, like this is getting a lot of attention or is that on your mind before? Like I could potentially do this myself. It honestly, it wasn't like, I thought about a, a shoe line, like when I was younger, right? I think we all, if you're a sneakerhead, everybody wants to have their own shoe. But it wasn't something that was like on the forefront of my mind because around that time I, I had a, an apparel line that I was really focused on and, you know, I was doing all this other stuff in sports. So I wasn't focused on a shoe line, but, um, I used to always model other people's shoes. And so when he actually came to me about, Hey, let's do a signature line. Um, that's when I was like, okay, I didn't realize that this could be this big until we posted it, but it did. So now let's, let's do something about that. Let's take advantage of that attention. And, um, from there it was like, okay, um, we should just do like a shoe line. So not just one shoe, like one signature shoe. What if we just, just did, like we did a whole line? And so he mocked up a whole little, you know, different colors, variations, things like that. I posted that. And then that got, you know, even more, <laughs> even more, you know, um, engagement and just people like in the DMs, like, okay, when are you going to drop these and all this stuff? I'm like, okay, this is not even something that we're thinking about dropping anytime soon, but maybe we should. And so him, uh, my mom and me, we just decided to have like a, coming to Jesus moment, we all talked and, you know, at first it was like, okay, let's just, let's just go ahead and do the line. I think that's a lot simpler than like, you know, trying to do something else. But my mom, you know, she's, <laughs> she's like, her thinking is definitely crazier than mine. She was like, you know what, we should just turn this into a company. And at first I was like, uh, nah, like think about Nike, think about Adidas, think about all these big dogs we got to go against and just how long it took them to become Nike and Adidas and Under Armour and all these other places or other companies or whatever. And I just didn't, I thought it was too big, to be honest. But I remember we just kept talking about it, kept talking about it. And then I was like, you know what? All right, let's just, let's just go for it. Like if it happens and it it becomes something huge, then that's great. If it doesn't, okay, at least I said I tried. Like I tried to be, you know, create a shoe company. Um, And so um, thankfully, my designer, his name is Jamie Sills, by the way. um, 
he had already did stuff with Nike, with all these other big companies. So he knew the process. He knew like what I needed to do to get to where I was trying to go. And so he was like the one that we kind of followed through this whole process, getting like the legal stuff down, you know, getting the business side of things done. Um, and then of course I was already really good at marketing. And so um, it took us two years. It was a two year process um, and it was not easy. It was definitely a lot of moments where I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. It's, it's, it's stressful. It's too much. We keep sending this in and it was getting denied and we have to keep changing stuff and blah, blah, blah. It was just a lot of back and forth. And, um, you know, we finally got to the point where we officially launched um, June 19th. And since then, it's just been, <laughs> it's just been crazy. Um, it's just been a whirlwind of like exposure, a lot of interviews, um, a lot of great feedback. Of course, there's not so, not so nice feedback from some people. But overall, surprisingly, it's been a lot more support than I ever thought, you know, I would get because I'm new. I'm like mm-hmm. a baby in this game. And it's like, you know, of course, there's people that's not going to want to see me. Then I'm a woman at that. So it's like, um, it's been it's been overwhelming. And I'm just thankful that people have taken it so well. Um, and we have we have a lot of big things coming, you know, with, with the shoes. Very nonchalant way of saying you're the very first female athlete to own a speaker <laughs> company. Just saying. Yes, that too. That part too. <laughs> <laughs> That's super dope. I think the the support thing is something that goes across not even just starting a sneaker company, but it goes across almost everything, right? So if you start anything, a lot of people look back and like, well, I will I have support? Right? And that's something that holds a lot of people back. So what what really was it your mom that really pushed you over the the edge to say it? before having that support, like, I'm going to do this? Or was it something else? It was, so definitely my mom, of course, because she's just that type of person. Like, if she sees something and she knows something can be big and she knows I can do it, but she thinks I can do anything, she's going to keep kind of playing that seed. And so I'm like, all right, let me just see. Um, but also, to be honest, like, my, my followers, like, they were just like, when are you going to drop? Like, literally, probably every day, I probably had, like, at least... 30 to 40 people like, okay, are you going to drop those sneakers? Like, when are you going to drop them? And I was like, you know what? Like, if they're going this crazy over a mock design and, you know, like they're ready to buy right now, then wait till we can actually drop them and they can physically see them. And so, like, we had, had like, NFL players and, like, celebrities asking about the shoes. And that's when I was like, all right, this is, like, bigger than what I thought. And so, yeah. And then for me, too, like, I'm very big on making sure I'm leaving something behind, legacy. And I knew like, okay, if I pulled this off, like this would not only secure my future forever, but also my future children and their children and so on and so forth. And so I thought about the generational wealth part as well. And I'm literally leaving something that is going to, you know, be able to impact my whole entire generation, my whole line. And so that's kind of what also pushed it, you know, after praying and whatnot. So yeah, it was just a combination of things. I'm curious on how, not even like the balance, because I, I think that's a bullshit answer. People are like, how do you balance everything that you do? I think everybody has a lot going on. And I'm not sure exactly what my question is, but like you're the first in a lot of things, like the multi-million deal, the sneaker company, like what is it that is like pushing you to do those things? Is it like, damn, I want to be the first? Is it, I want to leave a legacy? Is it like, I'm just really interested and I love this? Like, what is it specifically that's pushing you to do these things? Um. It's a lot of different things, to be honest, but I think just for me, like, I am such a um, ambitious person. Um, I never knew that my ambition would lead me to these these things that I've made history for, but um, I've always wanted to have a legacy, um, and I never knew what that was. I thought it was going to be like, I was going to be an Olympic track runner, and that was my dream since I was a child, but it ended up being football, <laughs> which I, I didn't think was ever going to happen, to be honest, um, but I also don't live life with regrets. And if I walk through a door and I, and I feel like, okay, this is something that I can build something from and that this can impact my life in a, in a positive way, then I don't want to be like, okay, well, you know, let me just shut this door because it's, it's too big or it's too scary or whatever. I'm like always going to jump. Sometimes I jump and hit my face. I hit my, you know, fall or whatever, get scratched up. And sometimes, you know, at least me it's something else. But I don't ever want to be like sitting on my a rocking chair I'm like 80 years old talking to my grandkids like, oh, man, I wish I would have walked through that door when I could have had my own shoe company or, or played football when I had the chance or whatever. So I just don't ever want to be that person because I see too many, too much of that. Um, and I just feel like I want to use all the talents that God gave me as well. I'm very spiritual. 
So I feel like I need to fulfill whatever it is he put in me. If that includes the shoe line and being a female football player, then so be it. But um, if I feel like something's going to, you know, affect me in a positive way or add to my empire or my legacy, then I'm going to at least explore it. And uh, that's just what I've been doing. Respect. I love that. So we're, uh, I think we're like seven minutes into the episode. Why don't, why don't you introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, and why you do it? Okay. So uh, my name is Sensia Deck, um, also known as Track Baby, and I am a history-making female football player. I just made history last year um, for signing the highest-paid uh, contract for a female for the WFLA, which is Women's Football League Association. Um, and then I recently made history a second time by becoming the first female athlete to own her own shoe company. Um, I call myself a serial entrepreneur because I do literally like almost everything that you can think of. I do um, TV stuff. I wrote a book. Um, <laughs> I've done in high school, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, high school. <laughs> <laughs> Wild. Um, I'm an athlete. Um, I can't even think of all the stuff that I do, but I just do a lot. So I just tell people, you know, whatever I can put my hands in, I'm going to do it. Man. That's dope. What? <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to comprehend the, the book in <laughs> high school stuff. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I was not doing that in high school. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, I think what's really dope. I, I was reading a little bit about you um, and I, the, the group that I'm in a lot of people knew who you were and you have this massive following on Instagram and everywhere I look, I look you up and you mentioned before that there's, there was these little bit of that. There was a little bit of negativity uh, when you started posting the shoes and everything like that. How did you, a lot of people would take that and say, okay, I can't do this. I, I, I can't take these comments. How do you continuously keep pushing past that? Um, on an everyday basis? Because I'm sure you get it with the football stuff. I'm sure you get it just every day. Um, unfortunately, being a black woman in America right now, it's, it's something that's tough. What, how do you keep on going? Um, honestly, I think it's probably easier for me than probably the average person because I'm an athlete. So mm -hmm. I've been told by people, coaches, whatever, like, no, you're not good enough or you do better or you know, you could have went harder or whatever. So I'm used to criticism. So it's not like, oh my gosh, like he criticized my shoes. Let me go, you know, end everything or whatever. I'm not, I just, I learned from it. So, okay. If people are like, oh, like I, this shoe is trash. I'm like, okay, what makes it trash? Oh, I don't like the design. Okay. So what could I do different? Oh, maybe you should just change that. And then, so you just, I literally take negativity and turn it into something positive or a learning experience. And of course, some people are just dumb. Like they just want to be haters and they have no other, nothing else to do with their lives. But I honestly think my design is dope. I know probably out of, on a scale of one to 10, as far as like the, the reactions that I've gotten, probably eight, uh, still on, yeah, one to 10, I would be eight as far as like positivity. It's very few people that have said stuff. And again, when I look at, when I look at why they're saying it, a lot of them are trolls. Um, and of course, some people just don't like it. Some people might, it just might not be for them, which is fine. But um, I have enough confidence in my team and like what we've done and doing research, like hard, hardcore research on like, okay, these are the numbers. These are the, the, the colors people like. This is the reaction. This is where it's coming from. I know that I know enough, you know, to know that, okay, this is going to be a shoot that really, really blows up one day. So um, I don't think when Nike first probably, and I don't know when, I know they came out way before I was born but um I'm sure when they first came out with their first shoe it probably wasn't like the best reaction so mm -hmm. I didn't I never went into this being like oh like we're gonna be just get all the, the flowers and the candy and all the gifts because it's so everything is so perfect I knew it was gonna be perfect I knew everybody wasn't gonna be happy but I know that from other things that happened in my life like it's never that way unless you're Jesus Christ and you're just perfect <laughs> you know what I'm saying so I and I know everybody's not a sneakerhead everybody doesn't like bright colors Everybody doesn't like solid colors. Everybody doesn't like athletic shoes. So everybody has their preference. And, you know, that's why I was like, okay, well, this is for the people that like the shoe, that like the design. And if you like it, thank you. If you don't, thank you as well. You know, yeah. and I'm going to keep my thing. So it's just like, you just have to push past it. That's, that's life though. Yeah. You know, I take away, that's life. The next question is more for me than it is for the podcast, but obviously every, it's recording. So everybody's listening to this. Um, I think it's, 
going to be interesting. And I would love your um, answer to this. Like you have these OG sneakerheads, right? That will only buy Jordans or will like right now the, the craze is easy right now. So are you and your brand trying to cater to those people? Are you trying to, to cater to the people, like you said before, are thinking outside the box that love those bright colors and everything like that? Or are you a little bit of both? Honestly, we're catering to just sneakerheads, period. It's not like a specific type of sneakerhead, whether they're Jordan, you know, crazy or Yeezy crazy or Adidas, whatever. It's just to people that like a nice shoe, that like a nice design shoe, a nice a shoe that actually feels good. Because this is, and like for this shoe, um, this is a athleisure shoe. So, and it's similar to a Jordan in a way, because of course you can play basketball in Jordans, but are you really going to play basketball in Jordans? Especially if they're nice Jordans, like they're exclusive Jordans. No, you're not. But you're going to go out and probably hang out and show them off, right? So we tried to do the same thing with the shoe to where you can go to the gym, lift weights, jump around a little bit or whatever. But you can also go out with your friends and have a nice pair of shoes that matches your outfit. You know what I'm saying? So um, we did cater it in that way because I didn't want it to be strictly a performance shoe. Because there's people, of course, that are sneakerheads that don't play sports, but they love sneakers. So I had to make sure that I was feeding everybody. Um, But I can say... I noticed that people that do like Jordans like these shoes. People that do like Yeezys like these shoes. So I think we're on the right track when it comes to that. How involved are you in the design process? Say that one more time, sorry. How involved are you in the design process? Oh, like super, super involved <laughs> because um, like that's the thing, like and definitely with like the Olympics, the Olympic O's that we dropped, the O's, um, that was like my baby because we were definitely trying to drop that for the Olympics, but unfortunately COVID happened or whatever. But um, if you guys notice, like on one side is, is, is two different colors. It's one color or two colors and the other side is two different colors. And like, that is like literally who I am. My socks don't match. You know, I never wear socks that match, but I also wanted to make sure again, that it is something that you can perform in to a certain degree. Um, so I was super involved in that. The other colors, like I told them what colors, or we actually did research. Like I put up a post, like, okay, what colors do you guys like? And then that's when everybody was like, oh, blue, you know, reds, cool grays, whatever. Um, and we kind of got it from there. But um, I always have to be like, yes, obviously. I have to tell people, like, I got to check everything off. But um, my designer, I kind of let him just do his thing at this point. Like he knows what I like. And I tell him like, hey, I need a, I want a shoe that is for, that is related to Christmas. He'll mock up something. I'll say, okay. I like this. I don't like this. Let's change it to this. He goes back, change it, and then boom, like, that's the design. But yeah, I'm, I have to, like, check off everything. <laughs> so then what does the day-to-day look like? Is it like, actually, I, I have no idea. What does the day-to-day look like? <laughs> as far as, like, the shoes? I just For you, shoes. for you. Oh, for me. Oh, man. That's tough. <laughs> um, honestly, my days vary. Um, it depends on what I have from like my assistants on my schedule, which honestly most of the time includes interviews. Um, so I probably have like at least two interviews a day. Um, depending on the day, I'm, I'm either training in the morning or the afternoon with my trainers for football. Um, I'm doing a lot of uh, answering emails and DMs um, as well. Um, before COVID, pre-COVID, I was traveling a lot. Um, and then of course, it's always something that I have to do with this company, the shoe company now. So it's either... Um, brainstorming with my team, um, making a new design, talking about uh, marketing strategies, um, you know, answering questions from like the team that they may have about the company, whatever. Um, but literally every day there's something with the shoe. There's probably not ever at this point going to be a day where we don't talk about the shoes. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it varies. I don't I don't have a um, like solid. Like, this is what I do at 8 a.m. This is what I do at 9. You know, I don't know. It's kind of everywhere, to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I think, like, the, the company has such an opportunity from an outsider's point of view um, because you're leaning in so much on your story, but then also it, it's, it's something that people have never seen. So exactly. when... I, th- I think story has to do something with it um, pretty heavily in that if 
there's a lot of firsts for you, right? There's a lot of firsts and a lot of things that you're doing that are, uh, you're paving a path for generations of people to follow after you, whether it is uh, generational wealth or anything like that, people following after you. I think what's crazy about the, about everything that you're doing is the athlete part. You're, you're, no, like you're, you're paving a path in the sneaker industry that is a full-time job, but you're also doing this athlete thing that is, I mean, more than a full-time job. Like what, from the athlete's point of view, like how, how, like, is it tough to wake up every day and, and get going or is it, is it your, um, it's your mindset? These days? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I tell people all the time, at first, I never understood why athletes don't own businesses while they're still playing. And I'm like, oh, man, that's just lazy. Like, I don't understand. You should, like, be taking advantage of your platform, which I still say now. But um, now that I'm in it and I'm, like, deep in it, um, I understand. Because it is a lot. It is a, it's more than a lot. I can't even put in words how difficult it is to do this. Because, like, first of all, you, you're an athlete 100% of the time. You have to make sure that you're training, recovering, meetings, practices, like traveling, all that stuff. And then as a business owner, it's 100% of yourself as well, because you got to make sure everything's running smoothly. You got to, you're the, sometimes I'm the only one, I'm the face, obviously. So I got to make sure I'm making, I'm doing the marketing side, but it's like, okay, I might have to go, you know, I might have to do it right after practice when I'm tired. I got to go to a meeting right after a game or whatever. And it is exhausting. Um, and honestly, this is just being honest. Like if I did not have my team, I couldn't do this. It wouldn't be possible because I can't run a business and also be an athlete. It's just not possible. Um, and it, I give a hundred percent to my team and to God, because some days I'm like, I'm so tired that I can't even like get out of bed, but it's like, I got, I have no choice. So I think a lot of this is ran on pure ambition mm-hmm. because, um, this is not for everybody. And, and, I, and I realize that because you don't really see athletes doing stuff like this right now. Now, when they're retired, of course, you have all the time in the world. But when you're in season, and, like, and that's another thing, like when I get in season, which is not till May, you know, thank God, but I can't do any of this. Like, so my team, I have to pre- prepare my team for that so they know, like, okay, I, we have to take over this when she actually starts because she has to focus 100% on her sport. So it's all about the team. And I did not realize that. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's, it used to just be me and my mom. Like, we would do everything. Um, but when things started to blow up, when I started going viral and things like that, and business started to really come in, we realized that we, we're only two people. Like, there's a lot that we don't know. There's a lot of places we need help with or whatever. And so we finally, it took us a long time, but we, have, we finally have a team that we can trust. Everybody sees a bigger picture. Everybody has the same vision. And that's important. So I would just say it's my team. It's my team. That's the only way I can do this. You feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's tough. The, the way you're talking, you sound a lot like um, LeBron. The way that he like basically took his, his team basically runs his life other than basketball, right? So you think of him, he's, he's doing all these other things. If you think of LeBron, you'll type, they'll, I mean, if you type up his name on Google, the first thing to come up is this, athletics, whatever's going on in the NBA, stuff like that. But then you don't know all the stuff that he's doing in Ohio. You don't know all the stuff that Rich Paul is doing for him on an everyday basis. And he came to trust these people over time. So how did you go about finding that team and find, and like, I know trust when it's your baby is a massive thing. How did you go about (laughs) trusting these people at the same time? Oh man. So when it, came, when it comes to my assistants, which is literally like my right and left arm, um, they, it was a process because I've actually had quite a few assistants, but a lot of them go in and thinking, oh, it's just like, oh, like, I guess people think I'm a celebrity, which I don't see why, but oh, like I get to be around this person. She knows this person. We can go to this event or whatever. And it's fun. But when it comes to like, okay, I actually got to keep up with this, with this, with this. And they see like how much I actually do. Like I'm not just an Instagram model. Then it's like, okay, this is like a real business. Like I actually have to put work in it. And a lot of people can't handle that, you know? So I had to go through a lot of assistants, but um, my executive assistant, Dana Simpkins, um, I don't know. She's everything that I didn't know I would ever have. Like I, I ever needed. I said that was way, that was way wrong. <laughs> everything I didn't know I needed, <laughs> to be honest. Because um, she just knows, she knows things that sometimes like I don't even think about. 
So she's like, okay, like, you know, you know, you have to be up at nine o'clock or 9 a.m. for a flight. Did you make, did you make sure that you told this person that you're not going to practice today? So don't look for you. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, so she just knows things that I should know, but I don't know because my mind is everywhere. So she's like my brain. Like she helps me remember stuff. She keeps it with my day-to-day life. Um, and then my other assistant, Charlie, she makes sure that content-wise, I'm making sure that we're, we're posting on Tronos and things like that. And she also helps, helps with my schedule and helps schedule interviews and meetings and all this other stuff. So my assistants really, like if, if I didn't have them, I... I wouldn't be on this call because I probably would have forgot about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they make sure that I I am on point. Um, and they make sure that everything's booked and everything's, you know, like, yeah, they just keep the whole ship running. So for them, again, it was a process. I had to interview people um, a few times, put them in certain situations to make sure that they can handle it. Um, depending on how they did, then that's how they ended up getting the job. But I trust both of them 100%. Um, they know me more than a lot of people know me or don't or think they know me or whatever. Um, and then, of course, my manager is my mom. So, you know how that goes. That's your mom. She, she's my mom. <laughs> so she does mom stuff. Um, and then, like, my PR and web designers, like, everybody had to go through a process. It wasn't like, you know, we just looked at a resume and it was like, oh, this sounds good. Let's just sign it. It wasn't that. They had to actually go through some trials and tribulations and ups and downs. So some of them didn't get paid for a while. Because I've paid people in the past and like up front and they couldn't even handle the first, you know, few times I had to go to an event or an interview or whatever. So it was just like a process. And I think that's anybody definitely like you get on like the LeBron level, like you have to make sure everybody's on a P's and Q's because mm-hmm. if anything doesn't go right, that could mess up his image, that can mess up his business. And like what and I'm sure like, again, like what he's doing is, is, is very rare. Like he's still playing ball we're running these humongous businesses. And like, I applaud, like he's kind of like my idol when it comes to this because he, he's doing what I, what I want to do on the highest level. So, um, yeah, like you just have to make sure everybody's on point. Everybody has to have the same vision because there will be people that, you know, kind of camouflage themselves into your, your circle. Like, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm really about you, but really they have other agendas, which I've had before. So I'm very like, very aware you know, and I'm very picky about who I have in my circle and who I allow in my circle because everybody's not for you. And, you know, that's just, that's just life. Why do you think you're the first? Um, I think I'm the first because honestly, I think I, I work harder than, that, than most people. I think um, people don't get to see that. They get to see my grind as far as athletics. But even with that, people don't know how long how long it took me to get to the point of winning in that arena because I was someone that from the time I was little, like my first sport was at four years old, like I was playing tennis. But a lot of people don't know that I was that kid that was like, after practice, I would have another practice by myself. I would be in the weight room when everybody left. I'll wake up early and go run the bleachers before school started. Like I was that kid, like, but it never, I never got to like reach my pinnacle because I was always injured or I had confidence issues or whatever, you know, I never got to just really, to me, I never got to achieve certain levels in sports that I wanted to because I just never had the opportunity. Even though I worked harder than, to me, everybody, but it just never showed. And that was like deflating. But I, every time I would lose or I didn't, I didn't make nationals or I got injured, I would go through my little phases of being sad and being broken. And then I would just be like, all right, well, next year. So, I, and that's my thing. I never gave up. I think that's the best way to say it. I could have gave up on a lot. Of t- Definitely entrepreneurship. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> talk about like not being able to eat sometimes, having to choose like, do I invest in this, this whatever for my business or do I pay my light bill? Like, it's just like, you have to sacrifice a lot. And a lot of people don't want to sacrifice. Everybody wants a glamorous side of being a, a, a business owner or having, you know, make your own schedule or whatever. But people don't realize we work more hours than people that work nine fives. Like we work until we just can't work no more. And so like people don't see that part. And like I had to go through that part at a young age because I started entrepreneurship right out of college. And I was like, I'm not working for nobody. And I, I knew that. And so, you know, I made that decision. I, st- I stood on it, but I'm not going to lie. There was times where I was like, you know what? Let me just go get this job at the mall real quick to also help 
but I just, I, I could never do it. I could never fill out that application. I'm like, man, this is my dream. This is what I want. Like, I can see the vision. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I can see it. And, and, it, and it's just, that drives you. I think you have to have a certain level of passion and drive and ambition and perseverance to actually achieve success as an entrepreneur because it is tough. This is the toughest job there is. It's like, because you, you're, you're betting on yourself. And there's not a lot of people that want to do that. We can say that, but are you, there's not, there's not people that's going to not pay a bill when they can, they know every 15th of, 15th of the month, I'm getting this amount of money. A lot of people are going to want to leave that comfort. And as an entrepreneur, what the hell is comfort? We don't know what that is because it's like, okay, if I don't make this amount of money and I live in this type of house or I drive this type of car, I'm not going to have it. So what am I going to do about it? And I said, we don't, we can't depend on anything. So I bet it on myself at a young age. That's I made a promise. I made a promise oh, to myself yes. that I'd never go back. Yes. Can never go back. We'll never go back. I can't even fathom it. I refuse. So I feel that on like the highest, the highest. Yes. <laughs> can you, uh, can you bring us back to the beginning? You mentioned like starting entrepreneurship out of college. You mentioned athletics as a kid. Can you like, how did the dots connect to where you're at now? Huh. So so we, um, all of us, you know, my brothers and sister, you know, we all obviously come from um, an entrepreneur home because my, my stepfather, who's really raised us, he owned like radio stations and managed music artists and things like that. My mom was an entrepreneur as well. Um, and that's all we saw. So we saw the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. We saw the highest, highest of highs of being an entrepreneur. Um, we saw the lows or whatever. So we understood that at a young age, what it takes. It's not all glamorous. It's not all, you know, daffodils and dandelions or whatever else. Um, and then <laughs> for me and my twin, like, I remember being like five years old, five or six years old. Um, and we went around the neighborhood and we were like, hey, we're going to put on a play. We're charging $20. Um, you know, we're going to have like food and stuff. We had no, no, we were like probably eight or nine, actually. We had no idea what we're doing. But we literally probably had 30 people come to our play that we, we literally just winged like the whole thing. We had like our little brother, he was like a baby. So we had him like using him as a puppy. We had our dog, but like all these people came, we had like $500 from like this play. And I was like, Oh, I want this forever. And like that, that feeling never left. Cause I'm like, how do we make hundred dollars as like eight, nine year olds? Like what? <laughs> like a day. <laughs> and so like even though we got in trouble because we literally took all the food out of our house and gave it to like random people my mom was so mad she was like we literally have no food no snacks and so but she was like but i'm i'm proud of you guys like okay and so it's funny because me and my twin we are entrepreneurs we are the, like the only siblings right now that are full-time entrepreneurs so um i guess that that stuck with us but that started with that um as far as athleticism to be honest, I think we just came out the womb athletic, to be honest, because we we were like, first of all, we were miracle babies because we were the only twins in our families to ever to ever survive. Um, wow. There were many twins before us, but they never they never survived or whatever. We were born premature. Um, and then um, we were also like abnormally muscular for children. Like I remember we went for like our two year old our two-year checkup, um, and my mom was like, the doctor was like, are your, are your kids on steroids? Because our bodies were so developed. Like, we had, he was like, they have bodies of runners. So, like, make sure you put them in track and field when they get old enough. And my mom, of course, kept that promise, and we went on to do really, really good things in track. But um, I think, you know, some people are just born to do certain things, you know? And I just think we were born to be athletic. And for me, that stuck with me longer than my twin because now he's married as a family and doing the family thing. But I'm still out here doing the athletic thing as long as I can, you know, until I have kids and whatnot. But um, I just think that's some things you can't explain. Like, my mom can never explain, like, why we looked how we looked, why we were so, like, you know, athletically gifted. But it just happened the way that it was supposed to happen. Damn. That's crazy. I came out the room just fat. <laughs> 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 oh, we're gonna have to clip that part. Man. Yeah, that that'll that'll have to be a snippet for the season. <laughs> oh <my laughs> the best goodness. thing you said. <laughs> oh. 
that's <laughs> that's really cool though i i think like for lack of better terms you just are tenacious in whatever you do and that's that's like i feel like to relate it all back to the season and everything like that you you have to be tenacious in as a woman in this industry um and to kind of pivot to talk about like your experiences and everything like that what have you how has your experience been as a woman in the industry even though it's been um a short amount of time has it been positive negative anything like that um you guys see me yeah (laughs) um yeah um it's been it's been honestly like it's been a very good (laughs) i mean and i know this is literally like the beginning um but i can't i don't really have any complaints to be honest um like i said um because i guess i'm a woman and i'm black you know woman as well i've gotten support from people that i didn't think would support what i'm doing Mm -hmm. um and people are very interested. People want to help. People want to be involved. Um, and, you know, honestly, like, I'm still in shock as far as, like, how much support we've gotten. Like, my article went viral. Um, you know, I've gotten to talk to some people that I dreamed of talking to about this situation. Um, I have a lot. Like, I can't wait. I can't talk about it. But this second phase of marketing is going to be, like, a game changer. I think this is what's going to like push us completely over. And I, I can't wait to, you know, to talk about it whenever I can, but I'm excited. Um, but there's a lot of heavy hitters that are involved and they want to be involved. I didn't have to beg or plead or anything. Like they just said, I want to do it. Is so, LeBron um, involved? <laughs> Not yet. Look, if I had LeBron, <laughs> I, would, I would talk about that. I'm telling you, I'll, 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 I'll be waving a flag with his face on Hopefully one day we'll have LeBron, but you know. <laughs> soon, soon. Yes, yeah, soon, soon. But yeah, like it's, uh, it's crazy. And then like what we're going to evolve this into is going to be even crazier. So it's like, it's just a lot that I can't even talk about. But I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how much of a role did like the influence that you have on like a personal level, like personal brand, how much of a role did that play in like you getting in the rooms with specific people, you getting the articles um, on specific platforms and like the pre-orders and the sales that you had, like how much has it influence or how much is that like a part of like your marketing strategy and how much does that influence the success that you've had? As a oh, literally a hundred percent. I don't think if I have the, the platform or me making history earlier, I don't think I would have had the same connections um, and the same support because because of those articles going viral and because of the people that went helped them go viral, um, I don't think it would have hit as hard as it did because a lot of those old connections came back and said, okay, we just we just did something on you about football, but let's do something about the shoes now. So having those people that are just like ready to support, ready to publish something whenever I need them to, um, that has made a difference. Like meeting some of these people in real life, um, you know, just being genuinely like a good person, you know, and, and meeting genuinely good people that want to help, that that's everything. Connections is everything. Networking is everything. And I feel like I've done that well. I've taken advantage of like my platform, you know, as much as I possibly can. And yeah, like social media is everything. I'm not going to lie. Like if you're not on social media at this point in your career, I don't know what you're doing. But, you know, you need to have a platform. You need to be, be able to be visible to people who have to actually see what you're doing, believe in what you're doing, and make it and stand out. And I feel like I've done that. Like, I mean, I'm a woman. I play football. But I don't know how much more I can stand out. <laughs> um, so, like, I, I knew that when I first started that, okay, I just can't be a fitness Because when I first started, I was a fitness trainer. I just can't be this fitness trainer that goes around and trains people because it's a million of those. Um, I just can't be this pretty female, you know, or whatever. I just can't be an athlete that only posts athletic stuff because nobody cares that much about women in sports, just to be honest. So like, I have to make myself, you know, I have to, I have to, I have to be different. And so like, when I realized like, and I didn't even realize it, like, it wasn't like, I was like, let me just post football stuff because this is what's going to help me go viral. Like I just, I was doing it for fun and it stuck. And I, I realized, okay, okay. They like when I post football stuff. So let me just keep doing that. And then that's how I got recruited for rugby. That's how, you know, I've, I've been able to be on an Olympic journey because of flag football, because I went viral because of that. Um, but social media, literally, 
every dime that I made has come from Instagram. Every single dime. Every contract, every TV appearance, every interview has come from Instagram. I and think that's how I found you. Originally. Yeah. And then William was like, yeah, that's my sister. I was like, what? was <laughs> <laughs> like, Matt, uh, just please, please take that intro. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, like, I don't think people understand. Like, if you know, if you like understand how to navigate social media, like, the, the, it's, the word is your oyster. That's the best way to say it. It's like, it's unlimited opportunity. Exactly. I think what's crazy about just social media in general is like you can connect with, like you said, anybody. Um, but without that network networking piece, um, I feel like if you don't know how to network, like college doesn't teach people to network. How did you go about like, did you lean in on social media or did you kind of develop communication skills yourself and kind of put yourself, you were okay, comfortable with putting yourself out there? Um, a lot of stuff was like trial and error for me. And like, but I was also, I'm also a person that's going to ask a lot of questions. So like, if I saw other successful influencers, I would be like, Hey, what did you do to get to this point? And some of them would never write back. And some would. Um, and I just got lucky because, um, I had a lot of people that just wanted to help. But also, like, my mom, you know, she's really, really big in the media world or whatever. Um, so she, of course, helped kind of guide me as well. Um, but a lot of it was just, like, just being bold enough to just be like, let me DM T.I. and see if he's going to want me to train him. And, of course, T.I. never responded back. But, hey, like, you know, <laughs> I did have one celebrity respond back, and that was my first celebrity client. But when, when I got him, I was like, okay, you really never know who's going to answer Mm-hmm. So why not just just go for it? And on social media, like you can literally connect with whoever you want to connect if they respond back, but it's not it's not gonna hurt anything to um to try. And it's a lot of people that don't want to try, which I get it because it's it is a scary, it's a scary world, but yeah. Um I have one more question before we move into like actually I don't even know if we're gonna do rapid fire because it's been <laughs> it's been a weird couple months, you know, like my brain's everywhere, but um, right. if he has rapid fire questions, he can ask after my question, but obviously a lot goes into starting a sneaker company. Like I, I know a lot goes into starting a company because we've done it. Right. <laughs> not, there's a lot of not fun parts, a lot of things that you don't know, a lot of things that you're learning on the fly. Like what are some of those things that maybe like someone that is not already in the industry wouldn't know? Like what are things that you've had to learn um, when it comes to building your company? Um, well, the first thing is like having thick skin, um, understanding that everybody's not going to be supportive. Everybody's not going to want to be a part of what you're doing. So being okay with being told no, which at first was very hard for me because I took everything personal um, until I realized like that's just the name of the game. It's a numbers game. You know, you know, you might contact 100 people and only one say yes, but at least somebody said yes. So when I realized that, it gave me more confidence to just keep trying, you know, um, and then Secondly, um, how important a team is, um, because definitely when it's like your business and it's, that's your baby, a lot of people don't realize, um, a lot of people don't want to like loosen their grip because it took me, it was very, very hard for me, to be honest, like very hard for me to let other people help with my, my business. Cause I'm like, you don't understand. You don't know as much as I do. You're going to do it wrong. You don't have the same passion. But when I finally just was like, you know what? I literally cannot physically do this on my own. Then that's when like I became, began to reach new levels um, and different things like that. Um, third, um, marketing. Um, even though I understood, I, mean, I think most people understand how, mar- how important marketing is, but marketing is literally like the, <laughs> the how do I say this? I just had a whole brain fire guy. <laughs> um, it's a fire on the gasoline. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. Um, it is like it's it's like it gives your business life. It, yep. it, it kills it or it gives it life. There you go. Um, and um, I I I know how important social media was like way before Instagram really started making people a lot of money. But I think people need to understand really how important that is to like the elevation that comes into play when you actually know how to like utilize that for your business. Um, so I always say, you know, do as much marketing, um, research as you can learn stuff, even though like, you know, I'm not a big college, like I went to college, I got my degree, but 
I didn't use, besides like, I was an English um, major and a psychology minor. And I used psychology every day. And I wrote a book when I was in high school and got a published in college. So I feel like I used my degrees when I was in school. But if you can go to a marketing class or a business class or entrepreneur, I think they have entrepreneur classes now, I think. Like, go if you can, just to get that knowledge because it's important. Um, and just, yeah, man, like, I feel like those are those are the most important things. I can keep going, but I don't want to talk to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what um we'll move into the the rapid fire but i've got none so just no i i'm loaded <laughs> i'm loaded so um it seems like you were into sneakers beforehand before and uh before we actually move into the rapid fire you had this influence in football before starting this brand right and you had this massive influence it, did you ever have a brand come asking like, Hey, would you like to wrap our shoes? Or like, was, was there a deal outside of the brand that you, you spoke of before that ultimately opened up your company? Was there anything like that? Or was it almost like, Hey, we'll send you a free pair of shoes to kind of wrap it. Or was it just nothing? Yeah, there was a, like another company um, that wanted me to have a line under them. Okay. So it was like a signature line under them. And then of course I've had like, different companies just like, yeah, can we send you a shoot some shoes and pay you to wear them? Mm-hmm. But I didn't have like a, a Nike deal on the table or an Adidas deal, which I'm happy that I didn't because I wouldn't be here. Um, but I definitely, they were, I was definitely on the radar because I've done a lot of stuff with Nike and Adidas. Um, so I'm just happy that we like launched this before they're like, Hey, let's offer you a deal. Cause then yeah, yeah conflict of interest. So it worked out the way it was supposed to. That's the best way to say it. That's so that's, just interesting to me if there was almost if there was nothing for you to have the influence and everything like that like i it would i know there's a ton of women doing really dope stuff right now and it took uh we've had some amazing names on this podcast that have um that have collaborated with the nikes of the world or with the adidas of the world and it took them years on years on years to get those actually go through to get those to go through. And I, I just, sometimes I look back and look at the, the collaborations that are done with women and they're 10 times better than the, the, the collaborations with men. Some, most of the men that they're putting out there. And it's just, it's crazy to me as a sneakerhead to kind of look back and say, okay, for me to say, all right, you had this, you had this influence, you had everything like this, this Nike and Adidas probably should have come calling years ago. Not just, not just now. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. Um, it, it is very interesting to see, like, I mean, to be honest, how little support um, women athletes get when it comes to like signing, you know, deals with these companies. And honestly, a lot of us are offered like apparel deals. So it's not like it's a lot of money involved compared to like a LeBron or somebody else or whoever. Um, but I think that's just the world we live in. I think we are making strides now to where like women are demanding more, which is great. But um, I don't know. Like, I think every woman feels the same way. It's like we we deserve a lot that we don't get. Um, but I feel like that that window is, is slowly opening for us, to be honest. Love that. So rapid fire. What um before you start. There's one thing that I read in an article that I, it's not even a question. I just wanted to say it was dope. Um, you mentioned like um, Serena Williams, I think like Rihanna or something like just people that have collaborated. And then you talked about ownership and the importance of that and paving the way. I just wanted to say like plus one retweet. Ownership <laughs> is completely important. Well, <laughs> what, um, I mean, it seems like you've been into sneakers for a little bit now. Um, before even before your brand is there a sneaker that comes to mind when i say your favorite of all time oh well, i'm i'm definitely a jordan you know i love jordan um i love like all the 13s i don't know which okay. one's my favorite but i love i just love pretty much every 13 that has come out <laughs> i love that what uh what's one skill that a woman entering the sneaker industry needs in order to succeed um, 
communication skills on the highest level. Um, and I would say just knowledge of the sneaker world. Um, not just whatever sneaker specific, you know, lane you're trying to be in, but understanding the whole entire sneaker world in general. Um, and honestly, I'm going to keep saying this, like thick skin. Mm-hmm. Thick Your skin. Favorite. This is this is not a, you know, the nicest industry, you know, to be in. I think that's the, I think that was said in every one of our episodes so far, the thick skin portion. I was about to say that's been the favorite. Yeah. What um what's the when I say uh a favorite quote, does something come to mind that you kind of re- relate back to to say, all right, I'm I'm gonna wake up in the morning and get get after it? Um, my favorite quote is if you want to go get it. Um, because I realize in life that um nothing's gonna be handed to you. Um so if you want something, you have to make it happen on all levels. Um, and if you want something, there should be no excuses to why you can't have it. So to me, it's like your only, your biggest enemy is always going to be yourself. So I was like, you know, that's the only person standing in the way of you success. So, yeah. You have to go pro in a sport other than football. What's a sport? Track. <laughs> Definitely track. You can only do one event in track. What's the event? Uh, the hundred. <sighs> <laughs> best race what do you mean? it's too fast too fast for me exactly uh, any uh any bold predictions for may and the start of your season um i definitely think we're gonna win we're gonna take the championship i think we have like some of the best females on our roster um so yeah i just predict that we're gonna win the whole thing nice <laughs> That's a snippet right there. We're pu- we're pushing that out to everyone. <laughs> Just oh target God. the other teams. Yeah. <laughs> um. Lastly, uh, what makes you strange on purpose? What makes you strange? On- That's an interesting question. <laughs> everyone says it. Um. I don't know. That's like a, I don't, um, I think I'm probably, I think my, the type of ambition that I have, like, I'm like a workaholic, um, and I will work over, like, fun, like, any day, to be honest, um, and I'm also, like, goofy in my own way, like, probably an awkward way, I don't know, (laughs) um, I don't know. Like nobody has ever asked me that question, so I just don't. I don't even know what to really say. Like I don't know. Like what do you think? <laughs> First female to have a sneaker company, like yeah. multi-million dollar yeah, deal. Yeah, you know, like, like I mean, I made history a few times. So I think that's that's pretty strange. I guess. <laughs> and you're like unapologetically you, and I can't even pronounce that. Oh yeah, word, like, but, like that's you. Great. One person, like I'm gonna say whatever's on my mind, even if it hurts their feelings, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. I like that. That's a, in my eyes, that's a true leader. Like you have to be open to saying what people don't want to say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you jumping on the Strange on Purpose podcast. Uh, Q, you got anything else? I appreciate it too. This is legit. <laughs> I'm like sweating in this. Like I I shut the window because there's cars driving by. I'm like sweating bullets. (laughs) Well, Um, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it.